Hi, I'm Cassie Haynes, co-executive director of Resolve Philly. And I'm Jean Friedman Rudofsky, the other co-executive director of Resolve Philly. Welcome to Resolves, the podcast in which we talk about the things we are firmly determined to do and why. In this episode, bridging Philadelphia's information divide during the COVID-19 pandemic and how Resolve's equally informed initiative is at the heart of this matter. Much of the initiative centers around this magic number, 73224. It's a text message line for Philadelphians who need reliable info to survive and thrive during these challenging times. It's a free question and answer service for residents who also face barriers trying to access important information. The text line is designed to be convenient and practical, especially because access to email is often more limited. You don't need an internet connection, and in most cases, texting has increasingly become a free service as more and more phone plans have dropped SMS charges that were once cost prohibitive. And as you might imagine, all sorts of questions have come through the text line. People have wanted to know where to get tested for COVID, how to vote during the pandemic, and more recently, how to get vaccinated and sort through all the confusion of the rollout. But when our team can't field an incoming question, we'll often seek answers from Resolve's Broke in Philly Reporting Collaborative. The group is made up of our city's most trusted newsrooms, and throughout the pandemic, they've been able to step up and provide trustworthy information to city residents through community-responsive journalism. In just a bit, we're going to hear more about the text line and what the day-to-day operation has been like. But right now, we're going to turn to Christine Villanueva. She's the project editor for Equally Informed. Christine will first talk about her overall approach to doing this work. Really thinking critically about offline engagement has been something that I'm really passionate about and have tried to bake into my work previously coming to Resolve Philly, but this is the first time I ever really got a chance to make that a priority. And I think that the digital divide is something that will always continue to fascinate me and just been really great digging into the work right now. When it comes to thinking about even like the phrase equally informed, it's just like thinking about what the barriers to information would be and then how do we address them with the resources and partnerships and the tools that we have. And even just thinking about stuff like tech literacy and like media literacy, all of that just gets folded into something that could be as simple as framing a text message. And that's something that we, we do every single day, right? Like most of us will at least text once a day. But when I text for the equal info line, it's one, like building this line of communication, but also being incredibly thoughtful about what we're sending out, how we're framing it, the word choice, all of that. It means everything in terms of engagement. With a background in audience engagement, Christine is especially tuned in to how information is provided and framed. She's also aware of the barriers some in our community face in trying to access clear information around COVID vaccines, for example. When it comes to thinking about barriers to access, particularly in the Latinx community in Philly, all I could really think about is how I understand these barriers tangentially as being Filipino-American, first-generation. For example, one of the things when it came down to COVID-19, the vaccine rollout information, was that there is some confusion around COVID-ready updates versus Philadelphia city updates. And the city of Philadelphia had been working closely with COVID-ready to provide these updates via text message. 
But then the city had said that they were going to launch their own thing and send their own updates, which kind of spread some confusion among our text line. And so we sent out some like resources to help clarify certain things. And sometimes for like engagement or for conversational purposes, we'll put in a prompt. Instead of saying, hey, are you signing up for the city's websites? We just said, are you getting updates? If you're not getting updates, how can we help you get updates? What are your questions around vaccine rollout? And being that source of information and pulling from whatever is available and telling people how they can get those updates is one way of doing it. It's just like thinking about what do people need in the moment? And then how can we bring that resource in a way that is, yeah, again, like easy to understand. I'm still kind of building out that work right now and understanding what the community dynamics are. But when it came to the Latinx community, and I think that's where we can start thinking of ourselves kind of like as a middleman to be able to disseminate this information in a way that's useful for people and that people can understand. And tangentially want to think about what does it mean to have this information accessible? It's not just about translation. It's about community dynamics and framing this information in a way that is helpful for people and not necessarily just, I'm just going to translate this and call it a day. I think that translations are definitely a great start, but I think the next step would definitely be about community dynamics and thinking about how particular communities do communicate and tapping into that existing network to be able to spread that information. So as Christine said, the engagement approach for English-speaking and Spanish-speaking communities can differ. We're going to hear right now about how the Equally Informed Philly line is set up to field text both in English and Spanish. Our two colleagues, Lily Medash and Gabriela Rivera, help manage the text line. My name is Lily Medash. I'm an editorial associate at Resolve Philly. Part of my work is centered around running and operating our Equally Informed Philly text line. I'm Gabriela Rivera. I'm also an editorial associate at Resolve Philly, and my work is helping Lily with our text line, Equally Informed Philly, and translating our texts. Every day is very different, but on an average day, if there are such things as average days, a lot of the work is around checking in with the text line. So part of my morning typically looks like logging on, seeing what new texts have come in, and finding and figuring out answers to those questions. We have a 24-hour response period, but generally Lily and I try to keep checking in all the time just to make sure that people are getting their questions answered as soon as possible. I actually did get a question saying, hey, is this line associated with 311? And having to make the distinction that no, we are not, but at times we might even refer people to 311. But our line, I really like to describe as a question and answer service, but also a way to receive news and information updates. I sometimes feel like a librarian, especially just doing online research, because sometimes people have very, very specific questions, especially around voting. You know, if I make an error on my ballot or I live in this zip code, where's the nearest satellite voting office to me? It does take a little bit of time to create and curate an individualized response. When we first launched the text line, most of the questions coming in were COVID-related. There were questions like where to get tested, how many cases there were, which businesses were open, and folks were trying to understand the different colored phases for reopening. Then, during the fall, the questions shifted increasingly to the election. Lily describes for us some of the questions the residents texted in. When does 
my polling location open up? Is there a way I can find out what address I'm registered to vote under? Where can I drop off my ballot? How do I volunteer to work on election day? Someone texted in asking, how early can I go to city hall to vote? So I sent them some info about the hours, and then they didn't understand that at these early voting centers, you're not voting with an electronic voting machine. It's just going to be a mail-in ballot. So we had a nice back and forth about like what information and things on their end that they need to bring, like an ID or a driver's license. So sometimes there is a really good back and forth, and I really love when people feel comfortable asking other questions because it can be hard summarizing a single answer into one short text message. So it it allows us to give them more and more information. And then we do like to do follow-ups to see if people were able to use the information, what they did with that. There have also been instances when Lily and Gabriella have turned to our media partners for help answering certain questions, like this one that Gabriella received and followed up on. I had a text come in about not being able to get in contact with the unemployment department in Pennsylvania. And I had been texting back and forth with this person. I had suggested calling a phone number. I even called the phone number. It was always a busy tone. It was frustrating because this person was like, I'm having a really hard time paying my rent. Like I talked to my employer about this. They keep giving me this number. It's not working. At that point, Gabriella actually asked me about what to do next. And I suggested that she reach out to Broken Philly, our collaborative reporting initiative made up of more than 20 different news organizations from around the city. And we were able to have an article published about like the things you can do about not being able to get in contact with that department. So this example really illustrates how Equally Informed Philly was able to activate a community-powered journalism loop. It started with a question from a city resident Together with our media partners, we worked to find answers that benefited not just the original person who asked, but also the community at large. And throughout the fall, Lily and Gabriella continued to field a range of other questions. People texted in wanting to know more about rental assistance, the access centers for public school students during the pandemic, healthcare options for immigrants, and whether there would be a second round of stimulus checks. A good relationship building piece is the weekly text that we send out. So we typically send two on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I think that just reminds people that we are here. And so, you know, sometimes we'll send out a text. And in response to that, I sometimes get people sending in other questions that are unrelated because they know that they can ask any question and get an answer from us. So that's pretty neat. And that's another interesting piece you know, just what to do to maintain engagement because people receive text messages all the time, especially around the election, getting texts from different groups. So I do think people are a little inundated with text messages, but I think we try and stand out by staying consistent in the dates that we text out and who we are and all that. There's a lot of trial and error, but in a way, I think that's a little comforting. We're kind of building the playbook as we go. And we do have some great resources from other groups that are doing this work. There's Outlier Media in Detroit. There's News 414 in Wisconsin. So folks that we can turn to with questions as we're all trying to build out a kind of text line like this. I definitely do think that it's helpful to have a human on the other side. I think that people definitely feel comforted and 
they have somebody that listens to them and that like is interested in helping them, you know, and we let them know, like, we are here to connect you with the information that you need. Please send us a text about everything, like voting, where to find food, where to find clothes, like anything, like we are happy to help you. That's what we're here for. People feel a lot better. I think knowing that first of all, it's anonymous. And second of all, like you can ask anything you want and know that this is like confidential. And I'm also going to make sure that it's an individualized response. You know, the questions we get are so specific to the individual. And so I think having a real person on the other end to respond really helps get at like the different nuances within each question, something that I don't think an automated service would be able to really get at. Aside from offering the text message-based question and answer service, Equally Informed Philly publishes and prints a regular hard copy newsletter that gets distributed to communities across the city as part of an effort to help bridge the digital divide. The newsletter itself contains up-to-date information about the pandemic and other current major issues, as well as how to access a range of resources and use the Equally Informed text line as a way to ask questions. And Resolve Philly's community engagement editor, Derek Kane, has been masking up these last few months to help distribute the equally informed newsletter across the city and talk in person with residents. A lot of communities feel they don't have enough information or they don't know where to go. So this is a vehicle for us to get this information to them in the communities so they'll know who to contact, who to talk to, especially during this time in the pandemic. As part of his conversations, Derek is focused on building rapport and engaging with community members in what he likes to call a sound off. So for us at Equally Informed Philly, we want to come out here and we want to just talk with them and have some activities as well with them. Just kind of get an understanding of what they love about their neighborhood. What do they love about their block? I think that's just a powerful question. And a lot of times when we're coming to these communities, we don't ask them what they love about it. We're always talking about the negative or want to know what's going on that's and it shows them in a negative light. And I want to highlight the positives with some cool and unique things that we could possibly highlight in the storytelling when we take it back to our collaborative. Because again, it's about building relationships with communities and meeting communities where they are. This past summer, Derek did connect with the city's annual Play Streets program that specializes in block-to-block engagement aimed at supporting kids and their families. He saw the partnership as a unique opportunity to interact with community members about equally informed Philly. And during one of these Play Streets visits in Southwest Philadelphia, Derek was excited after a resident volunteered to hand out a bunch of equally informed newsletters to her neighbors and watched her go door to door down the block. The neighbors will definitely read and use the information in that newsletter because it's coming from one of their own. I believe that they'll receive the information better than they would from me. And that's what we wanna see. This is the start of the building relationships with communities on 6300 Theodore. And this is how we build that network of bridging that gap between community members and journalists. Now that we've heard from Lily, Gabriella, and Derek about various aspects of Equally Informed, we're going back to Christine for some final thoughts. As we say all the time at Resolve, We're building the plane as we're flying it. And in particular, our equally informed newsletter is an experiment. Our goal is to foster community-powered journalism built around trust. But as Christine is about to describe, a measured approach will definitely be needed. This approach is so new and people's relationship with 
the media at large is just very much not relationship building. I just like, kind of think that could potentially be a little bit of a culture shock for some people. And I think that's fine. That's completely warranted. But I think also going up to people and saying like, hey, I'm building this community newsletter. You get to say what we cover. You get to write it or photograph or whatever you want to do. Tell us what you're seeing on the ground, stuff like that. And it's like also listening to community events and thinking about potential story ideas. The other people who hopefully will want to take part in this will write about or find someone else to talk to or get to know their neighbors in this way and build community even amongst the people who are participating in this project. But I think just like giving people this wide open space could be really intimidating, I think is the, is the point that I'm trying to get at. And sometimes it's like recognizing when all of the possibilities are a little overwhelming and then just like coming in and being like, it's okay. If you don't have ideas that you still want to be a part of this, let me take the pressure off and like give you these ideas or like let's work together to build an idea that you might have. For example, being a thought partner or resource to individuals who might want to take part in this, I think will be super important. We all want this to be this product that's both helpful and reflective of the community, especially people who have been hurt by traditional media. I think it could be really powerful to give those folks the agency to tell their stories in the way that is reflective of them. And for Christine, as she and our team continue to build up Equally Informed, the potential of this initiative is yet to be realized. I want people to get really excited about this. I think that's going to be like my very mushy measure of success. I would love to see, like just be walking down the street to like, Wawa or something and seeing someone reading our newsletter or like knowing more people who are texting into our text line. Like one day after the pandemic, the way I envisioned putting the newsletters together is like, I'll go to your local library. We'll be eating pizza together and just talking once a month and seeing what we can do and like hang it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just really, really cool to think about creating a product this way. Thanks so much to our colleagues, Christine Villanueva, Lily Medosh, Gabriela Rivera, and Derek Kane for all the work they're doing on Equally Informed Philly. And for more about the work we do at Resolve Philly, find us on the web at resolvephilly.org or follow us on Twitter at Resolve Philly and at EqualInfo215. We also want to thank the organizations that support and make our work possible. Our funders include Independence Public Media Foundation, the Knight Lenfest Local News Transformation Fund, Ford Foundation, Solutions Journalism Network, and Wincode Foundation. Resolved is produced by Stephanie Marudis of Cuvenda Media and mixed by Brad Linder. 